Welcome back, listeners, to another Mercado Market Update podcast. This is the short version of our podcast that goes through uh, at the key agricultural markets we cover here on Mercado, uh, looking at uh, those markets that have had something interesting occur during the week. Uh, Andrew Whitelaw is uh, still away on holidays, enjoying the delights of uh, Scotland, including the food. If you're following him on uh, any social media applications, you would have seen uh, some of the interesting pictures he's been posting. But um, you've just got uh, the rest of the team here today, so I will boot off with a summary of uh, cattle markets. Uh, This week we took a look at uh, the US uh, cattle market and movements there in terms of uh, US uh, feeder price and live cattle prices. Um, We've seen them coming off in the last few weeks. And interestingly now we're looking at... um, Comparing the Australian grain-fed price to the U.S. price, the Australian prices have now gone to a slight premium uh, to the U.S. in comparison. Uh, we've been sitting now at about 45-cent premium, uh, which is fairly uncommon to see Australian prices at a premium to the U.S., but um, it does occasionally happen. Certainly, uh, last time around, we got, we got uh, fairly good rains uh, through that 2016-17 period. We saw the grain-fed price uh, rise in Australia up uh, to around 90 cents above uh, US levels. So we're not quite at the ho- the overall highs there, there but um, it certainly would mean uh, moving forward in the next few weeks uh, with that premium existing, it's going to limit the ability for uh, finished cattle and grain-fed prices to continue to rise within Australia. Uh, an interesting note as well, when you compare the uh, finished and grain-fed prices to prices for younger cattle, uh, the ECI is the total opposite story. So the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator has actually been um, getting near to um, very wide discounts uh, compared to the 90CL, which is the equivalent um, indicator we look at across in US markets uh, for that grinding beef that goes in imported into the US from Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and currently we're seeing the spread uh, between the 90CL and the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator. It's getting out to the one, close to the widest it's been in terms of the discount. And certainly if you look back to the uh, 2014-15 period when we went through the last herd liquidation and the drought, uh, we, we're getting to near to those levels in terms of uh, discounted spreads. And what it's really saying there is that if we start to get some reasonable uh, rainfall falling into New South Wales and Queensland uh, over the coming months, we've certainly had a fair amount into Victoria, but um, we need a bit more into those northern regions. If we do start to see that, um, there's a reasonable... Uh, and, and look, that rain it has to start to encourage restockers to get back into the market in a big way. But if we do see that uh, eventuating, then we could um, find a scenario where that spread between the 90CL and the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator narrows significantly again, uh, like we saw through the 2016-17 peaks in the Eki when when the Eki was up around over 700 cents. Um, And look, the chances are that if we can narrow it, looking at where we're we're sitting now with slaughter uh, within Australia, uh, you could suggest with a a decent bit of rain and and, uh, restockers being optimised and and being reinvigorated back into the market, um, you could see uh, at current 90 sale levels of around 660 cents, you could see the Eki back up into the high 500s or indeed into the low 600 cent mark uh, if we get the right kind of climate to, um, to push those restockers back into the market. 
So turning to sheep and lamb markets now, uh, we took a look at the uh, revised MLA forecast for the uh, sheep and lamb industry here within Australia and MLA now are forecasting a bigger fall in the flock this year. So for 2019, we're looking at a new low in the flock of 65.26 million head and that's down about 7.6% on the uh, final number from 2018. Uh, so that's that's an interesting development there. I guess the um, the key one with regards to um, these uh, projections is actually looking at the sheep uh, slaughter forecast, which um, that was the biggest revision, in fact, uh, on the uh, MLA uh, projections. Uh, sheep slaughter slaughter has now um, increased six percent from their previous forecast. So we're going to see eight and a half million head of sheep slaughtered in 2019. Um, interestingly, though, the, uh, the 2020 through to 2022, the numbers for the slaughter there have been revised down. That's probably the case that um, if we're slaughtering more now is what we're seeing, uh, there's going to be a, a delayed uh, rebuild to the flock and, and that's going to start to impact uh, slaughter levels in the coming years. Now, at the supply levels forecast uh, currently by MLA, uh, we think that it's going to mean that prices for lamb and sheep markets over the next two to three years are going to remain fairly strong. Uh, and indeed, from Mercado's perspective, we actually think the supplies could e- be even lower than what uh, MLA are currently forecasting, particularly if we take into account that the flock uh, is scheduled to grow by about 8 million head over the next four years. Um, if that's the case, then it's going to be tricky for um, slaughter levels to increase um, while we're trying to rebuild that flock. Um, so that's uh, it for both livestock markets. And I think I'll pass you across to Rob for a bit of an update on grains. Okay, let's have a quick look at uh, the wool market. Um, there's a fair bit of noise around the wool market right at the moment with um, the auction market uh, being very much undersupplied and uh, and this week the market was cheaper again. But just stepping back from that, uh, Andrew Woods did some really interesting analysis published this week where he had a look at the 21 micron indicator. Um, it's had a real stellar run actually. Over the last 77 months it's increased by 120%. Um, it got to that high point in February 19 and it looks like it's probably that's going to probably be seen as a peak uh, as we go forward. It almost got there in June of last year but uh, it certainly ticked over in February this year. Um, just having a look at that, what does it mean though? In the 1990s, the 21 micron indicator the median fall after those peaks is 35%. So on average it comes back about 35% and the period of the of the falling time is about 15 months. So if we have a look at where the market peaked, it peaked in um, in February of this year at around 2370 cents for the 21 micron indicator. If we then use that time frame and that fall, it would bring the 21 indicator back to about 1540 cents by mid 2020. Now I know a lot of people are thinking that um, there's a real shortage of supply and uh, and that's right, especially of the medium wools. Remembering that uh, that's partly driven by the drought and that could change um, if we see a general break on the east coast and of course that'll contribute to the um, to the change and, and the pace of that uh, uh, re- pace of that reversion, if you like, from the high point. Just as a point of interest, uh, just remembering that since September of last year, the Cardings indicator has actually fallen 31%. So, you know, even in these low supply times, markets can be volatile. So uh, that's a bit of good and bad news for wool. Um, just quickly looking at the um, grain market and our um, our resident expert. Um, 
is uh, Andrew Whitelaw is over in uh, Scotland at the moment, so uh, I'm sure he'll come back with some insights uh, in the next couple of weeks about what ha- what he saw over there. But uh, we know that in the grain industry, especially on the producer side, um, one of the key indicators of success during the year is is rain and uh, we had a bit of rain across the southern part of Australia uh, this week and and that's very much um, appreciated but the big impact of rain was actually on and the big impact on Australian wheat and uh, and oilseed producers was felt in the US where uh, it's they've had a really wet period of time and uh, the USDA just came out with their WASDE reports last week and they reduced the um, the expected corn production for this year by a massive 9%. Now, to put that in context, um, that's about one and a half times our total wheat crop is the fall they expect from corn this year. And as uh, Angus Brown said in his report this week, um, that... Um, fall in corn production and the offsetting uh, fall in stocks that will come from that uh, will support wheat prices. Now, there's no change to the wheat stocks, but um, there'll be a spin-off effect on that. So that's a quick summary of uh, what we're seeing in the backstory on wool and grains, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up again next week. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for that, Rob. And uh, Trendsetters, that's it for uh, this week again. Another Mercado Market podcast done and dusted. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to uh, let your friends know about it and uh, like it on the uh, streaming services you collect your podcast from. Um, that would be much appreciated and we'll uh, speak to you again uh, next week. Take care.